for the community. Inspire Radio. And that was truly madly deeply with deeply with Savage Garden. And speaking of gardens, guys, I have Eva Ritchie here from WA Green Space Alliance. Hello, Eva. Hey, Gabby, how's everybody going out there in the big wide world of green space? <laughs> oh, we're good. So we'll um. We'd like to know a little bit about WA Green Space Alliance. Can you elaborate on it? What is WA Green Space Alliance? Okay, the Green Space Alliance WA came about in 2014 um, as a result of uh, a government uh, paper or initiative um, about securing WA's water uh, uh, security, basically, for your future. Mm. Um, so what it, what had happened is that um, I work for the WA turf industry, and we weren't um, actually included in a um, community reference group at the time, and we wanted to be. So we, we asked to meet with the Department of Water and um, to talk about making sure that we have blue for green, so water for, for Green Space Alliance. Oh, sorry, sorry, everybody, I'm a bit nervous. No, don't for be green. nervous. We don't know. So water for green space, basically, whether it's private or public. Um, anyway, long story short, met with the Department of Water, and they basically said, listen go away and come back to us with a group of people because we don't generally listen to one entity, if you like. Mm. Um, and that was my charter then to go out and, and invite all our allied industries, so nursery and garden, landscape industry, landscape architects, tree guild. Um, uh, we've got Perth Natural Resource Management Group on board, um, One Shire, the city of Belmont, hoping to get lots more of those. Mm. Um who else have we got there? Australian Institute of Horticulture and the Horticulture Media Association. Wow. Yeah, well, I hope so, they're listening out there because yeah. we'd love to speak to you here at Inspire Radio. <laughs> yeah. So we got all together and we went back and, uh, you know, we, we basically sat around the table and we decided that we were going to create an alliance and it is an alliance. We're not an association. We're not, an, we're not anything. We're just an alliance, an alliance of uh, allied industries and, and parties who are who have got a vested interest in ensuring green space for all forever. Mm. So we've been working since 2014 with um, government and um, on behalf of community to ensure that we have, um, you know, the appropriate amounts of natural green space, um, not synthetic, um, not plastic, um, for... Uh, all forever and we really do still have a shortage so mm. we're working with government all the time so yeah. is it is urban sprawl a big problem yeah you know what the problem is um gabby is that we've got um bigger houses smaller blocks and not enough public open space to to service the community in those areas where they've got little to no trees little to no water in some areas um you know it's it's about getting the balance right, and we're mm. working really hard. And I think we um, we have a minister for planning at the moment who's actually got this, and she's she's right on the ball. And um, I think uh, we'll see some changes in process. Yeah, but that's that's good. So a little bit more also about obviously green spaces, but I was reading a bit up on the web page, and it's all about the well being. Um, yep. and, and how it's improving people's um, livability. So are you saying like, are you, think, are you, you know, with, with, with this, are you saying that it's going to improve people's mental health and, 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 their, and their health in general by having more green spaces as opposed to it just be completely urban because we are growing as a state quite rapidly yep. and um, there is concerns and there's been a lot of concerns, especially with the um, suburb of Baldivis being overdeveloped. Um, 
with a lot of vacant houses and, and th- there was that problem with the kangaroos there. Yes. And yeah. so and that's a little bit about what green space is about. It's about finding that balance. Look, absolutely. Inherently, human beings um, are drawn to nature, all right? So inherently, we're supposed to be in amongst it. We're not supposed to be confined to brick walls and have electronic devices. So um, we say green time versus screen time, basically. So it's very important for human mental um, health and well-being to have access to nature from all aspects. The other thing that's interesting about having enough public open space and natural um, pub, private green space is that crime rates generally drop. When you've got overpopulated areas, um, you'll see with little to no green space, you'll see crime crime rates increase. Really? That's a, that's a fact. So green space is actually inherently important to people's physical but mental health but um, mental health and well-being more inherently I think <clears throat> when you were during COVID-19 all right when everybody was in lockdown what was the one thing that most people craved all right they wanted to get out they get outside and walk and get outside mm. and enjoy the you know the, the, the environment the natural environment so during COVID-19 interestingly access or not access was 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 there for most people but um, usage of uh, public open space increased fivefold during weekdays. So that means that people were getting out there. It was it was kind of the new pub, if you like. You mm. could walk with your friend, socially distanced, if you like. Um, people were just inherently wanting to get out there and and enjoy nature. Mm. So we found that that was that COVID nineteen's been a really good learning curve for all of us. And yeah, it was funny you say that. I've noticed um, we had that little warm day the other day, and it just improved people's like people were in such a great mood. I think it's because we were able to get out about and right. enjoy the sun. And even night. I mean, uh, look, we need the rains. We need yeah. to have the rain. We need to have winter, sure. whether or not we like it or not. I know yeah. that people get a lot of um, they get the winter blues. But we do need that weather. We need to have that weather. Our farmers need the rain. But I noticed the other day people's mental health was better because the sun was out. We were able to get outside and be amongst it. We weren't trapped inside. We weren't stuck on devices. We weren't watching Netflix. We were out and about and we were enjoying every moment of it. And people finding that balanced. Um, and I'm, I think you're right. I've noticed with newer suburbs there tends to be more crime. And that is, I don't know, like you said, probably because we're all just so congested together. There's nothing separating us. And, um, yeah, that's it's, it's interesting you say that. Well, sport and recreation serve a real purpose, particularly for children and teenagers. Um, it gives kids purpose, for starters. And you have to have those natural green spaces for kids to be able to, um, to, to actively um, be involved, if you like. And... and Following on from that, of course, there's parents who are supporting the groups, you know, um, and then you know other, other diverse community groups that you know utilise green spaces. I just think um, it, it all goes back to the fact that we need to have areas to be that are passive, recreational, peaceful, serene. The colour green aesthetically is the colour of of um, of peace and joy and 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 I suppose contentment, right? Mm. Um, and if we lack that, you know, human beings are, are amazing creatures. Our eyes play a big role in our body, as you just said about, um, you know, you can people can get a little bit down sometimes over winter 
in in the northern hemisphere they suffer from a, a disorder called seasonally affected depression because they don't get enough sunlight on the back back of the retina and you don't get the feel good serotonin. Oh, well, there you go. I didn't yeah. know it was actually a biological thing. Yeah, it is. Oh, well, it's there. actually a biological thing, and it can happen here in W um, WA in Australia, of course, right? Um, same sort of thing, and I think let's you know going back to um, the COVID nineteen thing, people think people have had a, a, an enormous amount of pressure on them. They don't feel so free at the moment, right? And and to be able to get out and enjoy, you look at you look at what's happening across this state at the moment. People are getting back to nature, whether it's it's you know nat- natural sorry national parks or it's um, just uh, you know, the foreshores. Um, um, you know, any sort of open public space, beautiful areas, vineyards, um, you name it. They, they're flocking to it like, you know, ants to ice cream, if you like. So mm. um, I, I suppose it's just, you know, it's, it's like I said, it's, it's, it's so important to human psyche to have that, mm. to have that access. Yeah, it is. And like you said, people were appreciating it better now. I think we, um, when we got sort of, we went into lockdown and the, the weirdest part is, is that over here in WA, we didn't get affected by lockdown half as bad as the rest of the world. Um, and I think that we, that's why I think when, when we had the whole Clive Palmer issue, a lot of it was fear of, we don't want to go back into lockdown. We no. don't want to go back to, I don't even, I don't even think it was the fear of getting COVID. I think the fear was, I don't want to go back into lockdown. I I don't want to be shut away from the rest of the world and that the world is beautiful out there. I know that, um, that when you say about green spaces and how it improves people's lives, that uh, the people often um, in hospice or anything like that, they can request that when they are in their final moments that they can be taken to a green space or a place to to pass because that invokes a feeling of peace within them. Um and you're saying about like I didn't realize that was such a biological issue that when it come winter, mm. it does affect us like mentally. It is it's like oh god, you know I don't want to be locked up. And but I notice everything is happier in in spring. And Absolutely. you know every the birds are happy. Time the foot it is. It's yeah. like flowers are happier. You know, and it, it is. It's it's exciting. And um, I, being today being the last day of winter, mm. I'm extremely excited for this. I'm <laughs> like bring it on. Yep. It doesn't even it doesn't even bother me that there's no festivals or anything like that it's just the fact that I can get back outside I can do the gardening I can appreciate the flowers and the plants and and things like that now with regards to synthetic turf I know that you're not a huge fan of it absolutely not (laughs) tell us why you don't like synthetic turf and why people should avoid putting synthetic turf in their gardens synthetic turf look the actual fact is it's plastic it's Mm. plastic carpet and we have you know plastic free July yet streets full of plastic carpet We've got a whole society that's hell-bent on reducing the amount of plastic in the environment and yet we have plastic carpeting, you know, verges and, and front yards all over, particularly in new suburbs. Mm. Um, and the reason that people do that is they think it saves water. Well, you know, it creates dead earth, it creates urban heat island. Um, it's, you know, it's actually quite appalling stuff. And that's yeah. my personal opinion. But I've also seen that you um you guys actually did a heat test on it and you were saying the difference between um synthetic turf and, and obviously proper turf, yeah. freshly nature grown turf, and the heat was just phenomenal. It was, wasn't it comparable to like a tennis court? Yes. Yeah. yeah. There's been instances over the years where in bowling clubs, um, elderly people, A, for, for starters, can't cope with the heat coming up out of the ground from the synthetic turf. But there's actually I've actually seen shoes where the soles have melted 
on the shoes mm. because of the amount of heat coming out. And so a lot of those synthetic turf bowling greens now you'll see have big um, shaded areas over the top purely because they can't afford to have the sun on the surface. It's just oh too hot. gosh. Yeah. See, nobody even really thinks about this. No. They think, oh, I'll just get synthetic turf because I don't have to mow it, don't have to water it. Looks pretty all year round. But I've actually seen it where the weeds have grown through it still. Oh, yeah. Nature, <laughs> nature rules. Yeah. Nature <laughs> nature's like, yeah, too yeah. bad. Like, um, yeah. So what would be your advice to anyone out there who's building at the moment, especially in a new suburb, to create that sort of green space within their own yard? Um and promote obviously the bees and 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 sure. provide a positive a positive um, thing because at the end of the day there are still people that are going to say look I want to buy a home I want to buy in this new suburb because I want to be close to schools I want to be close to work and this and that so how can we encourage people to still adapt and and still adopt a green space mentality yeah but all right let me let me tell you the green um, private green spaces is is as important as public open space. And, the, and, and again, and I'm sorry to keep harping on about COVID-19, but no. people, during the lockdown here in WA, I can quote, okay, um, people have, over the last 10 to 15 years, people have spent a lot more time away from their home, spending their money outside their home, if you like, so they don't entertain so much in the home. They go out to eat, to drink, to whatever. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden they were in their homes and Netflix and screen time lasted, you know, relatively short period of time and got a little bit boring after very quickly very mm. quickly so at the during the time of that lockdown for instance the nursery and garden industry association sales went up up to 700% oh wow bunning sales went up 360% all right so there was no stock of veg first of all people thought they were going to start so without they're getting all the, the seedlings to grow their own vegetables, all right? But then they're wanting that they realise they've walked out the back and gone, hang on a minute, I need to spend a lot of time here. This better, you know, soothe my soul, if you like. So they started to plant, okay? Um, so I think what we can learn from this is that continue to do that. Keep yourself, keep, when you, when you, you know, when you've got a home, think about the garden. As, as equally as much as you think about the building, all right, because you're not always going to be stuck inside. People are going to socialise more at home as as time goes along. We don't know how long this process is going to last for, um, and it's it's only natural to want to want to be able to get outside and mm. socialise and that sort of thing. Plant some trees, definitely plant some trees to cool things down. Put turf in. You know, it doesn't have to be a, an enormous amount of turf, enough to cool that area. So when you cool the outside of the home, you'll cut your air conditioning costs effectively straight away. So, um, you know, plants transpire, they cool the environment. If you use proper, um, you know, you, you, you amend the soils properly so they hold water, you um, use the natural products that, you know, um, enhance water holding capability, all of those sorts of things. Use mulch around trees um, on your garden um, keep your lawn in really tip-top condition, you're going to have this environment that's actually creating its own cooling atmosphere for your mm. home, all right? So, yeah, I think I think we've got to think about what we're doing, you know, with our lives. It's not all about going out mm. and servicing our needs. There are people who are on the, you know, on the two ends of the spectre, so the very young and sometimes the very elderly do go into areas, you know, smaller living, you know, um, whether it's apartments or units or whatever, because that's that's just the it's manageable. 
Well, maybe. it's manageable, but it's just a way that life, you know, you start off small, have a baby or two, and hang on a minute, that apartment or that unit's probably not so effective. Um, so they move into the, you know, the home and you have your garden for your kids to run around. Like I know people who were, I'm not putting any t- any turf in because it's, you know, it's a water guzzler, blah, 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 who then, you know, when their their baby turned 18 months, two years old, were like, well, hang on a minute, this kid needs to run around yeah. on something that's cool, soft, playable, you know, comfortable, you know, all of those sorts of things. So human ne- humans needs change, right, but the... The vast majority are in that middle bracket. So make your home comfortable by making your garden as beautiful and livable as possible as well. Exactly. Right? And it's I think it's what we get from our soul. Um, giving something back to the earth, especially um, like, for example, in my mum and dad's case, they deal with a lot of the wildlife because sure. unfortunately a lot of the wildlife has been pushed out of their out of their original habitat thanks to all these new suburbs that have popped up. And so now my mum and dad are trying to – um, save this wildlife by providing them shelter and food and, and I mean they're feeding everything from the birds, the possums, the bandicoots yeah. because unfortunately these little animals don't have a home anymore oh, right. and um, and it's good for the soul and it's, and it's what they get back in return. I mean they've even got an ibis now. <laughs> in the garden, so I'm um, bin chicken. But he's, yeah. you know, this is. But he's a regular visitor because they've provided that safe haven right. in my own garden. Um, look, I I don't live in I don't live in I suppose I live in an older suburb, so my neighbours are still sort of close. But we have decent sized blocks. But I'll admit it is hard work to upkeep a, a garden, especially is considering that probably eighty percent of our of our block is grass. Um, so it is a lot of work. But the the feeling I get out of doing it and, and going outside and my children being able to play in it and, and have a garden for them to play in. For your pets to be in it. Yes, and I've got, I've, let's see, I've got two dogs, I've got two kids and the, and the kids have got, you know, they, the dogs, we cut the area off from the dogs going out certain side because they, dogs do destroy grass. Yeah. Um, but, um, yeah, my kids have the best play area. They, their friends always want to come over because they know when they come over, they've got – it's like a it's like a, a fairy garden out there. They can go out. They can play. We've got a trampoline. We've got a swing set. It's not limited. Yeah. And they can go outside and they can open their imagination because they can get their toys out. And it's just – we've got a, a big white gum in the middle of our <laughs> play area. And it's – it's a um yeah it's sometimes it's a bit of a thorn in my side but it's in a way it's beautiful because it, it shades the area absolutely trees are integral to you know cooling and, yes and I think you know there's a word that I'd I'd like to mention it's called connectivity so humans humans inherently need to connect all right nature needs to connect so if when we were planning and designing we should have connective areas as well so. You know, you were talking about the wildlife before. So corridors of, of area where, where wildlife can travel through built-up areas still now. Yep. Um, and that includes birds, goannas, mm. bobtail goannas, um, you know, reptiles, uh, bandicoots are still, you know, fairly prevalent. Um, there's lots of different animals that will benefit from that connectivity. So corridors of, of green shrubs. And also we can have what... What could be, you know, uh, I suppose they're called linear parks where instead of just um, having, you know, synthetic turf or paving or whatever, where front verges become linear parks along the front of houses mm. and kids can go out there and play, especially in, you know, those quieter mm. suburbs. So you've got a, a linear area along all these places. Yeah, and it, um, 
they, they, oh, sorry, I just got a message from someone. I just said, do you think that we have too much urban sprawl in WA? And Braden has commented, definitely doing bow divers. Takes 25 minutes to get from one side to the other. Oh, wow. 25 minutes. Mm. That's crazy. That is. And, and I, I can actually understand that because bow divers does stretch right out. And then yeah. you've got big clumps of of a lot of closed housing in there and um yeah definitely and I did say about bow divers before I remember actually it's funny we're on this subject I was coming um to from going to the spud shed and I was coming from um the Rockingham side up of Kerosene Lane and as I was going up I used to remember you used to look out towards the hills but you couldn't see any because there was just trees everywhere mm. now you go to the top of that hill and you can see the hills so, yeah, and that's how many trees have now gone because yeah. they've set up all this new housing and um, I'm sorry to say but it doesn't look very nice it's just a sea of roofs and that and that's yeah. what's happening to to our state we're getting a, a lot of roofs which they are becoming hot boxes like yeah. you said they, they're just all crammed in together and it's just hot boxes and, and in summer they just hum oh, because yeah, of the really. the air conditioning because we're not getting any the tr- they're, they're not getting any shade so you think about the energy that's being used with the air, you know the air conditioning what the mm. what the impacts are on the environment with that i think of suburbs like you know there's areas of ellenbrook where people literally step out onto the road because they have no verge the blocks are very small cottage blocks no trees you can't plant a tree so no deep soil planting can happen um, and, you know, we, we need to really address that and, and remedy that and not not follow that path. And even in for urban infill where, you know, they, they subdivide a, an old 800, 1,000 square metre block, knock down all the old growth trees and then put in four or five units or three or four or whatever, right? I think we need to disallow old growth tree, um, you know, um, destruction um, and work around what's what's there, or it, or somehow, you know, plan it so that you are you're replacing with fast growth trees or, or something. I don't know. I mean, I'm not I'm not an expert in that field. Mm. However, what I will say is this: is that be careful because when we do this, you know, over overfilling, um, we have trees such as in uh, the agonis trees, the peppermint trees, are starting to die. You know, very old, hundreds yeah. of years old tree. Because the environment around them has gotten too hot and they can't cope with the heat. Yeah, and the soil's become very toxic. Yeah, but it's more the heat that they can't mm. cope with. So um, that's where we, you know, that's where we, we like this happy balance where you've got the turf under the canopy, so the carpet under the canopy, which keeps the tree roots cool. And then the trees obviously, you know, mm. um, uh, enhancing the environment and keeping the whole area cool. So and also, obviously, getting councils and that getting on board and protecting the trees that are native to the area. Knowing, um, I'm in Callista, and in Callista we have um two jarrahs on our property, and we are not actually allowed to cut them because oh, they are protected to the area. So, yeah. um, we need to be aware of that yeah. as well. Yeah. Um, when we we move into these areas, about what were the native trees to these areas, and how can we bring the native trees back? I know that people complain because trees do tend to make a mess, and yeah. they do need a little bit of upkeeping but you know the the difference they make in your lives I walk outside in the mornings and I can hear the birds we're getting a lot of the rainbow lorikeets in the area at the moment we get a lot of the black cockies um they love to tear the, the jarrah tree apart yeah. and you hear them out there and the dogs are going off and they're pulling the jarrah tree but you know it's still it's 
it's very nice. It's it's, it's natural. It is. It's and it's and it's great when I can see kids outside playing and I can hear kids outside playing. I love the. I know there are a few people. Oh, they're loud. You know, kids are loud and noisy and they're all carrying on. But you know what? If I'd rather hear kids outside playing than hearing some knobhead doing a burnout in the street, and because you're in a street where there's not like there's not many trees and we're all close together, it just echoes through. Um, so yeah, give me the kids playing in the garden. I'd love, I, I think that's what we need more of. And it's also good for our own mental health. Um, I know walking outside and hearing the birds, it's very relaxing. If I'm stressed, I go sit outside in the sun, in my garden, cause that's my time. And, um, I think you bring up those key points, like you said before about it affecting our, our retinas and, and things like that. You know, I never knew that. And now I know that it makes a lot of sense. Yep. It's amazing what nature is, is healing purely by, um, uh, you know, from a, from a primitive um, perspective. The, the human brain must have access to nature. Mm. So, you know, there's a reason jails don't have access to nature. Mm. Just to, to not stimulate. That's right. So mm. Generally. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? Like that. Yeah. Yeah. So... If anybody would like to get on board and be a part of Green Space Alliance and, and, and join you guys in, in your fight for green space, how do they go about that? Okay, so what we do, we're actually not um, out there as a community group. We're actually an advocacy. So we're, we're, we're a guild of professionals um, who, who take very seriously the um, responsibility of, of offering advice or helping, assisting government with policy. But we do have a Facebook page where we share as much information as possible and it would be great to see people um, endorsing green space so that when we um, – because it might be that, I, you know, we develop a counter or something like that for our, web, our face, Facebook or web um, site. So we can, when we go and talk to government, we can say to them, you know what, this is the number of people that are – People are supporting you are guys supporting in this. And yeah. I think um, now that we know about it, I think you'll find a lot of people out there will – yeah. start to support you guys a bit more because I know that it's not just you guys that feel like this. There's a lot of people out there that feel like this. There are a lot of people that have said, um, if you if you watch a lot of the chat pages and that, when they talk about these new areas and that and they're developing the land, there are a lot of people that have had enough of it. Yeah. Um, and it's hard because we know that you have big companies, like I can't name shame them, but there is big companies out there that buy this land and we're saying, no, we don't want this. We have enough at the moment. We've still got houses that aren't even even occupied we don't want this but it just keeps happening and there are people that have had enough of it and you can see that people are saying you know I remember um for example Quinana it used to be all trees it was called the the town of trees and it isn't anymore um we have got still thankfully some and we've, we're getting a lot of people now. We had There actually is a group in Medina that actually they got kids in nature, so they take the kids out. Um, I love where my girls go to school. They, um, they actually do their art class outside yeah, in the trees, in the yeah. garden. So we're very lucky we still got that. But there's some suburbs that aren't fortunate enough to have that, and I think that they're missing out on a lot. So I think you'll find there are a lot of people out there that will support you on this. Um, you're also a WA Turf Growers Association, so if anybody has any questions about – Turf, we can send them over to your page. Yep, absolutely.
Absolutely. That's absolutely awesome. Well, I want to thank you so much for coming in. I hope you've enjoyed yourself and you're not nervous anymore. It's good fun. Oh, thanks, guys. All right. So I'm going to be back soon at 11 o'clock. I have Liz Atherton coming in. She is an empowerment coach and an intuitive. So I'm really excited to speak to her about her book, Get Out, Get Free. But first, here's a little Foo Fighters. For the community, Inspire Radio.